Welcome to the Football Ramble. Klopp versus Mourinho delivered. There were seven goals at Ellen Road and Big Sam's back. It's Thursday the 17th of December. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Vidushina Hantaraja. Yes, boys, it is so lovely to see both of your faces and both of you actually looking, I think, unintentionally festive today. Mm. Jim, oh, it was you're very wearing planned. A, oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. little T-shirt with Christmas trees on it. Yeah, little yeah. Christmas trees. It's a bit of a juxtaposition, though, because you've got a T-shirt on, but it's freezing. That's true. Um, yeah, I'd never thought of that before. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's my commitment to enjoying irony, I suppose. I got it in Stockholm as well. Oh, I, don't, I don't know if that makes it more Christmassy it or is irrelevant. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, snow that. Yeah, you could be wearing a tinsel bikini. Bitch, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm loving the green. Thank you, yeah. Uh, th- this is not really festive. It just I don't have anything festive. Green and in, I wanted is to a kind festive of, colour. That's what I thought. And I wore it with a, a, a red scarf as well. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Green and red are, for some reason, the colours of Christmas. Well, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. Um, and I've got some holly in my back pocket. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's just, what a pleasure to have you back. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And I only say that because now I'm not the shortest person in the studio. <laughs> yeah, and actually, these are brand new chairs since I was last here. Yeah, you look like you're in a throne. <laughs> I <Yeah>. am. This <laughs> is the presenting throne, is it not? This is where Marcus and Kate both sit? Yeah, this is true. Yeah, these, these chairs are huge. They're lovely. Thank you. I've finally got someone else on, on my on my side on this. Why do you all think they're normal sized? I haven't really thought about it, so I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably my what feet it is. didn't touch the floor a couple of weeks ago. Mine are actually currently not. Well, <laughs> you're sure. <us. laughs> um, let's talk about the football last night. So many games. I mean, it's um, it's getting to a point with this football, right? There is so much to choose from. I quite enjoy the fact that Amazon give us the choice. We can watch yeah. whichever game we want. However, it also does allow you to make errors in your choice because <laughs> I watched Fulham Brighton, um, which, you know, wasn't great. Not many highlights from that one. Yeah. Did you feel like you went to the wrong party? And very much so, very much so. It was um, basically I summarised it by saying twenty-two men kicked a ball. The end. That that basically yeah. was it. I watched the. Um, I watched obviously I watched Arsenal and then I watched the Liverpool Spurs game. And after the Liverpool Spurs game, Amazon did a quite good thing, which is they did a little highlights roundup from everywhere else. If you, yeah, if you can't be, you know, if you can't be, I didn't watch the post match of the day from Craven Cottage. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry, they didn't even put anything of Fulham and Brighton. <laughs> really? I don't think they even mentioned it. <laughs> So that's how bad it was. They erased it from history. They paid for it, and then I'd forget it. I was I was actually bigging it up before as well. The Speller Breach Derby. Yeah, Yeah. nothing. It was getting tense. No, there was just nothing at the end. Because it's Amazon uh, on on Prime Video. They still have like the other things that they that you'd associate with. TV series and films, so you can rate the games. Yeah, all right. Oh, so I'm yeah. quite keen to see what the rating is for Fulham Brighton. <laughs> Zero. Would not buy again. No, yeah. would not. Um, but Liverpool Spurs definitely delivered, didn't, oh, didn't it? it? A 2 1 victory to Jurgen Klopp's side. Um, I think, I mean, aside from the actual football on the field, let's talk about everything else around it because the build up to this match was was blockbuster, wasn't it? Yeah. Mourinho, he really is back. One of, the, one of my favourite things was his pre-match interview with Amazon the one of the reporters asked him you know there's such a big build up to this game how important is it that you get a victory and Mourinho's answer was can I take this time to talk about three of my colleagues and I thought oh where's he going with this number one Gerard Julio I thought oh lovely does a nice little um talked about some memories with Gerard and and obviously paid his respects and then he goes number two and I'm thinking where's he going with this 
Slavin Bilic. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> and he goes, you know, football's a crazy world. He's been sacked from West Brom, blah, blah, blah. Goes on to list off his achievements with West Brom and how well they did in the championship last year. And obviously that he thinks it's unfair. Number three, I'm thinking, all right, like he's, he's clutching at straws. Here. Where's he go with this? Big Sam's back. <laughs> I was like, what? And so Mourinho talks about the fact that Big Sam returning and Sammy Lee mentioned Sammy Lee as well. So he, he mentioned Sammy he Lee. Did. He said Big, Big Sam, Sammy Lee, they're both, wow. they're coming Love back. That. And he was like, you know, I'm, I'm really pleased to have them back in the Premier League. It's where they belong. They you are know? a sort of cannon and ball style double act, aren't they, generally? <laughs> you can't really have one without the other. I love the way that Jose will do that. He'll take, so good. An, he'll take a question, disregard it, basically set his own agenda by doing his own mini podcast and then answer the question anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just it's, it's just to go, I'm in control here. But I set the agenda it's, and I love it. He's like, it is a proper like renaissance, isn't it? I think we all yeah, thought we'd yeah. seen the best of Jose and that he was coming apart at the seams when he was like living in his travel tavern at Man United <laughs> and all that. But it is like, this is as, as good as he's ever been. Yeah, it's so. like that rare occasion where a band... You know, they do a couple of great albums, they drop off for a bit and they come back with their best ever and whatever. It just feels like, oh, we shouldn't have written Jose off. Yeah, yeah. I think the Allardyce thing's quite um, quite important because I think he sees Allardyce as a bit of an ally in that Allardyce has prided himself on rubbing, um, uh, you know, I suppose more respected, quote unquote, managers the wrong way. Yeah. Mm. And I reckon he sees him as someone who can, you know, really go at <laughs> Klopp, for example, mm. Um, and you know even Lampard. So yeah, yeah I, I, I wonder if if there's a little bit there of like, he, I reckon he had something to do with the billage offing. <laughs> Probably did just yeah. to get out of that. He's trying but. to get his guys in position. Yeah. My enemy's enemy is my friend. Yeah. Sort of thing. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's a, there's a lot more to that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah. Um, in terms of the match, though, Mourinho was not the winner. Although he did say the best team lost. <laughs> yeah, two Klopp as well. Apparently, I think that's what oh, he said to him at the end of the game, wasn't it? He's just yeah. he's just throwing his pettiness around all over the place, and it's a magnificent thing to behold. But yeah, the game was it was it was great, wasn't it? It's was really best, really good. Did the best team lose? Uh, no, they did not. The team um, with the better chances lost. I reckon that. I, I think yeah, that's I think fair. That's fair. Yeah, um, but the better team won. I mean, that's possible. You can be the better team and not have had the best of the match. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a funny one, isn't it? Because I think you've, the, the contrasting styles is so massive that it, it, it's almost saying who was the better team was, diff, was is difficult because they both had completely different game plans and they I, both executed them really, really yeah. well. Spurs was just little, came up a little bit short in terms of being ruthless. I also hate the saying in football, who deserved to win? Yeah. Because you deserve to win if you, you take your chances and in. you put them yeah. away. The scoreboard's there, isn't it? Yeah. Like, everyone can see There's it. There's a system well, for it. Top left of the screen. Yeah. That's who you yeah. deserve to win. Yeah. Pep, Pep doesn't like those boards at the moment, does he? Any of those boards. <laughs> <laughs> Pep. My God. God. Mania. Um, but yeah, no, the, 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 the best team in terms of putting goals in the, in the net won last yeah. night. Yeah. I would yeah. say, if we're going to look at it like this, the best team were in the commentary box because it's John Champion and Ali McCoist and even the oh, top Ali, two having an absolute ding-dong isn't as good as those Are they going to fuck? He is just so- <laughs> <laughs> Honestly... Did you hear the way they were talking to each other? Yeah, well, it's just, yeah, there's, there's a taste. It's like they there. hadn't seen each other in so long. Oh they got a bit tipsy. They had a bit too much mulled wine and they're looking at each other. And I, 
I'm just saying, I'm putting it out. Yeah, they're two <laughs> They men, miss each other. They're, they will have shared a jacuzzi and they'll share one again. <laughs> Probably not in these sort of difficult times, you would hope, but there's a vibe of that. Also, when Clive Tildesley was on with Ali McCoy a little while ago, he seemed to be trying to be a little bit overly pally and a little bit, un, like, just a little bit more wacky and out there. Yeah, indeed, indeed, <laughs> Ali Pally. And uh, it, just, it just, you can't force it. Just leave them to it. Leave them to it. If it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. Quite. Yeah. But they, they had an exceptional game to look at. I think Liverpool were, in the first half in particular, was so good. The passing was so slick, so perfect. And one of the things I love about them is that when a chance doesn't, doesn't go their way, if they maybe hit the post or a goalkeeper saves it or whatever and the ball comes back into to play, there is no drop in intensity. Yeah. There's no sense from the players, that chance has gone, we've got to make another one. It's like, no, this chance is still active. And it is, it is relentless and it's so difficult to play against when they're on form. Um, and obviously, <laughs> that whole you couldn't help but think about what Jose Mourinho was saying before the game when he was saying, effectively, that Van Dijk is their only injury of significance, mm. which is, of course, nonsense and mind games. But... You look at the pitch and you go, you might be onto something here because these players are they're just so exceptionally talented throughout that first team. And they were just like laying siege to Tottenham, who, to their immense credit, and, and, and what again, what a ringing endorsement of Mourinho, they looked so comfortable with it. So, so just not even bothered because they knew this was what the game was going to be. They knew that this was what their game plan was. And to, to, to get, the, get back into the game in the way they did was, was so clinical. And then I guess it buoyed them a little bit to try and take those chances a bit more in the second half. I feel like Stephen Bergwijn... Um, oh, he missed a couple, he didn't did, he? Yeah. One of them Some in particular chances. was tough. I mm. think it was possibly Andy Robertson was right on him and he, he, he didn't get as clean a shot as it or, or an opportunity for as clean a shot as it might have looked in, in real time. But but yeah, it, um, it, it, was a, it was such a great contrast of styles and, and a late winner mm. as well. Yeah, I, I think the, the what you mentioned there about the heads dropping is a great one because... When Bergwijn has that shot that hits the post, and then Kane has that header which he um, mm. heads into the ground oh, and yeah. over the bar, yeah. there was a real sense of God, that's not going to come around again. That's, yeah, maybe that's it. Whereas, yeah. yeah, as you say, with Liverpool, it's a sense of no, no, we do this. This is we just got to keep going, yeah. keep going and going, and and which is how they come up with that winner. We'll wait for Tim Sherwood to curse us. Oh, <laughs> oh how hilarious was that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. But the uh, I think the other thing that's um, important to say with with Spurs and that style of play is I know some people don't seem to like it. But it's kind of incredible that they're able to do it without roughhousing people. Mm. I mean, there's an element of it. There's an element of kind of gamesmanship in the way that they might, you know, take that, take a niggly foul in the middle when someone's getting away or, you know, maybe block people off in the corner. But you never, there's never like a threat to welfare. Do you know what I yeah. mean? And I think like to have, to, have, to have found a sustained way of doing what they do, specifically in, that, in those kind of games, is interesting. And all the more pronounced that having someone like Son who just... Is so ruthless and efficient now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Son and Kane as well. You, you wonder if um, Jose Mourinho mentioning Bergwijn by name is is a little g up to him to try and sort of get him to realise he's got to be on their level, which is obviously huge. Um, but yeah, I just feel like the way Spurs defend is so compact and so organised. Like, what do they do to space? Like, where do they <laughs> where do they put it? It's like they fold it in on itself. And there's just there's just no way through. Obviously, I mean, Liverpool found a way through, but they're an exceptional team, and like everyone else has really really struggled against it. It's it's amazing to see Mourinho do that to a team that have traditionally perhaps been a little inconsistent in their solidity. But such is Jose. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's easier to. I don't want to say dull players, but I think it's easier to get players to run for you and tell them to kind of curb their more attacking influences when they haven't had that much tangible success 
by being attacking. Mm. Like obviously they've won games, they had that run to the Champions League final and they've you know, had some great evenings, but none of them have like, actually put their hands on silverware. Yeah. And having someone like Mourinho come in and be like, look, this is this might be the best way we yeah. have to do it. And then when they're top of the league as well, suddenly yeah. you, you just buy into that a bit more. And, yeah. you know, they've got, it, I think we've got a really exciting title race. Oh, Obviously, I do. Still wide open, isn't it? season, yeah. but yeah. And a long way to go. I know we're oh, in yeah. December, but, you know, teams have got like 25, 26 games Yeah, there's, there's a long, long way to go. Do you but... think it's bizarre that Man City are still second favourites? Uh, sort of, yeah, but again, because Liverpool there's so far to go. Liverpool are now the favourites. Man City second in terms of actual betting, if that's your thing. You would expect Guardiola to g his team up, though, you know, and mm. to sort of get them performing a bit more consistently than they have. Because I mean, he is an elite level manager, isn't he? And I can't imagine they're going to be this kind of like, I'd say, wet mm-hmm. all season. Wet. They are just a bit wet, aren't they? Just yeah. a bit, like, uh, bit moist, bit half-hearted. Yeah, a bit moist, like a damp lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you wash lettuce and you have to like flap it yeah you've got to get that right haven't you I don't know why don't that sounded wrong wet dinner <laughs> flapping lettuce <laughs> you said it <laughs> no you said it <laughs> I just repeated it well Pet made us think about it but yeah actually I do, uh, yeah I don't know it's they don't look they don't feel like they're going to win the league at the moment, mm, do they, at all? No. But you never know, they might just put a run together. They feel quite <laughs> sluggish and a bit down. And as I said that, I thought, well, that's kind of how exactly how I feel in a pandemic. Yeah. So maybe they're just quite reflective of like a city in Man City in these times. How nice of them. Yeah, I know, they're so relatable. <laughs> you, you feel with City, though, they're never that far away from just absolutely shellacking someone no. like 5-0 or something. And I think so, with Man United's two games in hand, obviously one of them's tonight against Sheffield United. If they win both of those, they go second, don't they, Vish? Wow. Yeah, though I think that set, that actual game in hand will get played in March, potentially. Oh, really? Like it's, a it's a long way away, way away yeah. Right. Well, I think it depends You're not going to win the title anyway, don't worry. No. Right, can we clip that? <laughs> Let's clip that and and save it in the space where I slagged off Solskjaer at the start year. of the season. Delete it. Delete that. <laughs> save this and we'll see where we are. What did we learn though from watching last night's game, Liverpool beating Tottenham 2-1 in terms of Tottenham's hopes for winning the title this year? Well, it was funny because Jose Mourinho did not want to talk about this, did he? As, no. he, as he repeatedly hasn't done. Um, I think, obviously, that's... The tough, that's probably the toughest fixture in the league, isn't it? Away at Anfield, especially when Liverpool are on form, which they clearly were based on that game. Six games they've, they've gone absurd, unbeaten at Anfield. Yeah. That is incredible. It's, it really is. I think there's only 10 draws stuff. in there. Yeah. It, they, they're mad, just a machine, aren't they? I, I think what we learned about Spurs is how much these players are buying into what he's doing because it doesn't seem. It seems like they've been playing like this for ages and they've got this kind of air of being really, really tough to beat and to break down. And that's that's not Spurs, is it? Even under Pochettino at their best, there's always a sense that they, you could catch them on a day where they might be a little bit flaky. But you've got players like Musa Sissoko. Now, I know that his, like, his redemption was very much completed under Pochettino and it's not entirely down to Mourinho. But he's almost playing like it, like a sort of Makaleli-style <laughs> role at the moment. And he's, he's doing it really, really well. Him and, and Hoiberg are, are so, so solid in there. Kane and Son, there's all these people, Michael Owen, included saying if I was Harry Kane or Son I wouldn't be happy about the the lack of chances I'm getting and how I'm you know having to like you know get two or three chances a game and really feed off them but they're scoring those chances and they're clearly having a brilliant time doing it they look they look like they don't care and that they've bought into it and that's the only thing that matters and I think 
I, despite the fact they lost and despite the fact they lost late, I think they they are the real deal and they are a genuine title contender. And obviously, it pains me to say He's that. He's hugging himself. Yeah, I am. Jim's actually I am, hugging yeah. himself. Oh, God, I am. I didn't even realise. <laughs> but it's, you can't... Can't get hugs from anyone else at the moment, Jim. No, well, so. exactly. Yeah, I just have to comfort myself about my personal football hell just unfolding every day. But, um, yeah, you have to, you know, just look at it objectively and, and they do look like a, a contender they're the only team who or they're, they're one of the only two teams who you feel like you can rely on almost yeah and in terms of Liverpool last night as well Vish Jim's alluded to it already all of this sort of talk about the injuries in the squad which has been their sort of narrative for the last couple of months now they proved once again last night that if we are saying Tottenham are title challengers and are probably the ones to push Liverpool all the way this season that they can go past the 90th minute and get a late winner against them even with players like Reese Williams on his Premier League debut for Liverpool last night who did so well mm. they they're proving to everyone that they can cope through this crisis <laughs> yeah yeah so called crisis <laughs> absolutely i think the um and i know we talked about it a lot on the show but one of the reasons that they have have been so good is the clarity of thinking all the way through the club and when you see someone like Curtis Jones just rocking up and he's brilliant, yeah. settling in and he he's just he just does a little bit of everything yeah. and he does and he's he's actually quite a simple player when you watch him there's no kind of you know he's not someone of like great flair who, who does all these tricks he just has the fundamentals down to a mm. tee which i suppose is exactly what liverpool do he's a great embodiment of that and yeah like the fact that they're in this crisis and you know they they do have some serious injuries and the fact that they were able to cover for them is absolutely to their credit rather than them, you know, not necessarily showing us or not necessarily being truthful about what they have. Because these are kids mm. that they're playing. You know, Reese Williams making his debut in that game, as you said, is remarkable, really. And he has such composure. And, and yeah. do you see, like, I know there was a bit of bitching between Klopp and Mourinho at the end, which was quite funny because did you see when Mourinho went first? And he talked about, you know, what he was saying to Klopp and Klopp didn't agree. And then they put... That was probably the best team lost a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Um, and then Mourinho said, um, sorry, and, and then they interviewed Klopp afterwards and it was put to Klopp what Mourinho said. And Klopp just turned around and was like, we're standing over there. And it's, it, it was a little bit like, oh God, he's, he's slagging you up. Well, who? Him? Right. <laughs> and he just, he almost dragged him over. He was like, right, what, what were you saying about me to them? <laughs> Klopp is like very good at that stuff. Yeah. On on the on the sly because you look at him as someone who doesn't really do mind games, but that's how he does mind games, mm. isn't it? He's just really upfront, really straightforward, direct, and confronts these things, and it's really effective. Yeah, really, really effective because I think his players know that he's got their backs, and there's not going to be any sort of hidden agenda or any kind of um, things to be read between the lines, and it's and it works. Yeah. I mean, he, he was at one point laughing in Jose's face. How yeah. many people have you seen do that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, it was a big, big win for Jurgen Klopp's side last night, beating Tottenham 2-1. That means they are actually top of the table, not joint top anymore, although that winds up hate this. So more of it, please. Yeah, clear by three points at the top of the table. Um, now, following up on something that was mentioned on yesterday's Ramble, you may have heard this. We had an email about a listener trying to kidnap the Real Madrid squad. Do you yes. remember this? Uh, by getting them on his bus. Um, now, there was a similar 
well, kind of relatable story. Bruce Grobelan driving the Liverpool bus back in the day after a pre-season game against Colding in Denmark. Uh, he said, we played the game, came back, got showered and changed and the bus driver took us into town. We went to the pub, had a few drinks and from there we went to the discotheque. Full, <laughs> nice. full name. Uh, before we got thrown out, we were looking for the driver but it turned out he was pissed. So we carried him to the bus. I took the keys and I drove the bus back to the hotel. Amazing. Good old Bruce. He, uh, he was recently... Recently, <laughs> I presume it's not happening now, but he was supposed to be doing Panto, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Playing the genie in Aladdin. I mean, so that good. is exceptional casting. If you He's were to quite cast, genie-like, actually. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, you, if you were to cast a football-related, you know, Aladdin play, <laughs> you would... You, you've done an incredible job if you've gone for Grobelar as the genie. <laughs> Alan, Alan, Alan Brazil? Alan Brazil is what? A Could genie? Be a genie? Oh my God, Alan Brazil would be an amazing genie. Does <laughs> that make Ray Parler Aladdin? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we should do this. We should talk about yeah. who, who would be who in Next Panto. Next year we'll do a football yeah. ramble Panto. I think Jao Felix would be a good Aladdin. Yeah, he's oh, got he this sort of boyish... Olivier yeah. Giroud. Giroud's too handsome, isn't oh, he? Yeah, oh, he'd be, he'd be handsome. No, but he's like boyishly handsome. Oh, yeah. Olivier Giroud would be like... A sexy Jafar, wouldn't What about? It? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, sexy he villain. would. Lo Celso could be a, uh, a Oh, yeah, he could. Yeah. He's quite handsome, yeah. isn't he? Mm. Now I just get to see who you two both fancy. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've, just, we've, we've just concocted Giroud into this role. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit <laughs> like having a lobster at the nativity play. <laughs> Yeah, get him in there. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Uh, all right, loads more to look forward to on Ramble. A brand new On the Continent is out right now this week. Dotton and Andy are joined by Lars Sivertson to discuss some huge stories around Europe. Of course, Lucien Favre's departure at Dortmund, huge story. Uh, the Madrid derby as well. And League Un's dire situation after the collapse of their major TV deal. Just head over to Football Ramble Presents. Subscribe and it'll be at the top of your feed. We'll take a break after this. We'll talk about seven goals at Ellen Road and of course sorry Jim Arsenal um, another corner I'm not too worried about this corner I mean it might come back to bite me here but I think something they've got the dominant dominancy in the air there you know so I'm not sure anyone can get ahead on the first ball for Liverpool apart from that guy. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as he said head, oh, yeah. it hit his head. Oh. You couldn't have done that any worse. Yeah. Oh, so good. If you missed it, that was Tim Sherwood last night on Amazon's goal show um, <laughs> saying that Liverpool weren't going to get anything from the corner of which they scored the winner. Dominancy. Just genius. <laughs> Tim. <laughs> Tim, Tim, but dim. <laughs> right, it's now time for this. We love your emails. Get in touch, show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble. We do love your emails and I love this email from Stuart McKeown. <laughs> Hello, Ramblers. I've moved to, I moved to the great city of Stoke from Northern Ireland in February, leaving my role as Ambassadors FC Swift's manager. Wait for mm. this. A team I believe Marcus has gone on tour with to Spain. What? 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 
That reads to me like, you know how some people um, wait with a ball around like power league or goals to try and get involved in the game? Yeah. I like the idea that Marcus is weighing at immigration <laughs> with his boots, trying to get on a tour into mainland Europe. <laughs> I mean, that, there's, surely that's the story here. We, yeah, I'd like it. to, we need to know more about this. Uh, we need no, to get there, Marcus involved there in is, this. There is more, yeah. Unfortunately, sure, shortly after I found myself in the midst of the pandemic, due to the short time between my move and this global disaster... I've not managed to find a team in England to play or coach at yet. This morning, though, on my break from work, I went for a short walk and found a mystery football pitch behind my house that I'd never seen before. More than that, it had the net up and all. Um, I went to check if the fence was unlocked, and it was. So I I jogged home, stuck on my boots, and ran back on the pitch. I stopped for a moment and realised I was about to take my first shot in 10 months. Big moment. Rusty. I am shite, <laughs> to be frank. But all the pent-up football must have been saved for this moment as I knuckleballed a shot right off the bar in the postage stamp. Feeling like a king, I ran to retrieve the ball and saw a kid of no more than 10 behind the goal who said, I'm going to tell everyone you missed. <laughs> Why did this- everyone? <laughs> Why did this make me so angry? Who was he going to tell? Who was I going to tell if not for this child? Why was he such a little rat? <laughs> anyway, I miss football. Please, someone oh, help. Oh, God, so little much. rat. Oh, God. Stuart, that is, that is a brilliant story. That would annoy me. It would annoy me as you well. You look Fuck for witnesses when, someone, yeah. when something good happens. Kids, are, kids just love that, don't they? Kids it's... go through a phase of be, where being annoying is your primary motivation. <laughs> and that kid, I'm sorry to say it, Stuart, but he has clearly got a direct hit there. That kid's got some talent. <laughs> there is that age, though, of kids. There's like a, It's quite a large age group, I think, of kind of between about seven and about 15 where you are just a bit of a prick. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Mischief. But it actually works wonders. There was a, a video shop in, in my hometown which closed down and it was called Budget Video. And the local kids, well, they must have got a ladder to do this, but they vandalised it. Um, and the sign was up there for a, a good year after that and it just said, get VD. For ages. It's like, well done, well done. That is excellent mischief. Wow. Um, I was at the kind of age, that around that age was when um, a teacher told me that I was driving up the wall and I, I don't know why I replied to this. I was like, oh, in what gear? <laughs> like I was being really smart and yeah. she was not happy. Yeah. And that was a long week of detention, yeah. Yeah, I was late to a class um, once, came in, uh, and the teacher said, just rolled her eyes and said, don't you know how to knock? And I knocked on the inside of the door. <laughs> Everyone laughed. Not funny at all. Got kicked out. <laughs> Stood in the corridor. Worst teacher in school came past. Just bollocked me for getting in trouble. Like, it's a secondary bollocking. Yeah, like, I'm already in that. trouble. I'm I in trouble for being you. in trouble. Yeah. Like, oh. oh, Stuart, we feel your pain with that one. Anyway. Uh, Vic Baldry's been in touch. Uh, Hello, Ramblers. I heard you talking last week about obscure football stories and it reminded me of an encounter I had back in 2011. I lived in London at the time and had been supporting Arsenal since 2008. My love for the Gunners was supercharged by the signing of my fellow countryman, Andre Arshavin. I was at a charity event with my family when my brother, who knows very little about football, ran up to me and said, Andre Arshavin is here. Let's take a picture with him. I got incredibly excited at the prospect of meeting one of my footballing heroes, only to discover that he had made a terrible mistake. It was another Russian football 
footballer, the Spurs legend, Roman Pavlichenko. <laughs> as you can imagine from the, as you can see from the attached photo, the smile was very much forced as I had to pretend <laughs> that I was a big fan and even wish him luck for the rest of the <laughs> season. Oh, painful. What would you do in that situation, Jim? I would have done exactly what Vic did and just <laughs> sucked it up. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Uh, loving all your emails. Keep those coming in. Show at footballramble.com. Uh, more games to talk about from last night. Let's start with Leeds 5, Newcastle 2. Seven goals mm. at Ellen Road. What a game. See, I, 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 it feels a bit different this year because we've got so much football generally. But at this point in the in a normally busy Christmas schedule, you get these sort of games yeah. where mm. like Wednesday night under the floodlights, loads of goals, just so, so much fun. And uh, yeah, this did not disappoint. Poor old Newcastle, though. Looked like they were actually going to get a result for a bit, and in the end, they got a battering. <laughs> yeah, it was a surprise battering, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, just, well, it just came out of nowhere. But the um, the the great thing about Leeds is that they they always have that kind of thing in them. You know, they shoot so much compared to yeah. other teams. I think they I think they are top for the most shots in the league. Certainly after last night. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they um, this is just like this weird situation where all the shots go in. Mm. Um, but yeah, they're, they're such a good team to watch. Did you see the um, the counter-attack for... The last goal. Alioski's goal. No, oh, no, that the, one. Okay, yeah, yeah. Where it was like five on two. Yeah. Mm. Like they just, they were like, right, we're just going to kill this game. We're not going to defend. We've just got to score another goal here. Yeah. We've got to score a fourth goal. It's funny with Leeds, isn't it? Because they do work so hard and we, you know, Andy was talking yesterday about how actually Wolves are the fittest team in the league, which is probably true. Um, but Leeds are certainly up there and it, it's a conversation to be had, isn't it? Yeah. But and I think this is true of Wolves as well, actually. But for teams that normally work that hard, it looks exhausting. And it, it almost, it's tempting to say it doesn't look that fun. <laughs> but with Leeds and Wolves, it, it does look fun, doesn't yeah, it? it? Does. They look, they're having a brilliant time. And yesterday was a great example of that. It was just like, okay, we've, we've, we've wrapped this game up now, but let's just let's just keep going. It's like, like they're enjoying themselves down the park. And that's a beautiful thing to watch. <laughs> that's what Steve Bruce said, though. He said, we've gifted them two or three goals at the end. Unfortunately, something you see on a park on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have been more accurate. What I loved about this match as well is I, I'm just still fascinated by Bielsa. I know we're, we're a few months into the season. Season, but he still really fascinates me. I love watching him. And when the game was still very much in the balance, I think it was for the equaliser for the two all. Um, when Leeds scored, Bielsa was just sat on his bucket sipping a cup of tea. Yeah, he's just calm as anything. I'd be mm. going absolutely mad. Was that, yeah. Rodrigo, that was Rodrigo's header, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, which was a remarkable. Oh, it, it was a brilliant goal as well, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I do Jack remember, Harrison yeah. Um, taking the ball on his mm. toe and then and then volleying it in for a diving header. Yeah, diving header, and Bielsa's just sat there with a cup of tea. Yeah, like yeah. It might have been Bovril, actually. It's late to be drinking tea, isn't it? I mean, and it's not as much caffeine as coffee, but there is caffeine in it. Uh-huh. That's, that's mad. But it might, have been, a her- might have been a herbal tea. Could have been. I, I bet he makes special. his own tea. I bet he picks <laughs> grass and... I reckon it was a Bovril. He strikes me as a Bovril man. Yeah. Converted. A bit of meat broth while you <laughs> sat on your bucket. And I bet he makes his own. He makes his own. Makes his own Bovril and it's like <laughs> fucking tar, I bet. <laughs> Just cutting the inside of his throat. Jack Harrison is... Um, Exceptional, isn't so he? So yeah. good. So much fun. But he's... So like, Leeds are basically a FIFA team in that like, you just constantly... You know, you play FIFA... You play football on FIFA as if you were playing basketball. It's always back and forth and that's what Leeds do. Um, but Jack Harrison is someone who... While sprinting, I know we talk about like how fast some players are when dribbling, but just being able to do football activities when you're sprinting and to do it that mm. well. So like the cross for that Rodrigo goal was remarkable. And then you think back to the start of the season when he scored that goal against Liverpool and, you know, cutting inside and just the way he's able to manipulate the ball 
while going full pelt. And you think of all the things you can't do when you go full yeah. pelt. So yeah. Yeah, I can't do when I go quote yeah. unquote full pelt. Yeah, going um, full pelt and actually staying on your feet is hard enough. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Let alone with a ball at your feet as well. Um, someone emailed in yesterday um, with lots of terms that you use in baseball mm. that you could translate to football. And one of them was piss missile. And I reckon that Jack Harrison's <laughs> goal, the fifth one, that, that yeah. was definitely a piss oh, missile. Yeah. Unbelievable strike. I, I love a goal like that when it's just the proper cherry on top. Yeah. Like, there's no need for it to be. There's no, not even a need for a fifth goal, let alone an absolute yeah. screamer like that. I'm interested by Harrison because he's 24 years old now. He's on loan from Man City. Spent and, a bit of time in America as well, didn't he? Yeah, for the for New York City, their mm. affiliate team. Yeah. Unusual career trajectory, essentially. And you wonder, like, obviously he's very, very important to Leeds and it would make sense for him to move there permanently. But do you think Pep would ever, Pep will be sort of interested in having a look, like bringing him back into the fold? He's playing so well. He's got to be, he, City can't really reasonably expect any more from him as a lone player. No, I I don't think he he would do. I mean, he, like he might be a squad player, but like, bear in mind, you know, like Mares gets a look in every mm-hmm. now and again. Yeah. So no, but, but you know, it's exciting that he's um, he's found a place at least. And I, I'd imagine though, you'd uh, he'd want to go back there, wouldn't he? Because yeah. as you said before, like they're clearly having fun, and they're clearly a team that really need him to to have that fun. Yeah, he's the kind of <laughs> he's like the bloke. The he's fun a bloke, maker. Yeah, he's the bloke you always want to invite to the pub. You know, you've got a group of five. You know, Luke's there as well, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Get Pete in. Type of guy who turns out, like, oh my god, he's got a top knot. Within five minutes, you're like, you know what? Yeah, it's all right. He's all sat right. Maybe I should have a top knot. Yeah, sat next to him wedding me. This is brilliant. Who is this lad? Yeah. Uh, so leads up into thirteenth in the Premier League table with seventeen points. Let's move on and talk about Arsenal drawing against South. Southampton, one all at the Emirates. And Jim, you said you were actually quite happy to come away with a point from this one, which kind of says it all. It's sad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's because given the circumstances, obviously Gabriel getting sent off, it's good to see him settling in by getting (laughs) pointlessly sent off when we really, really could do with 11 players on the pitch. But um, I think actually, if, if I'm trying to look at the positives. You scored and a goal scored and Aubameyang got it, which is from a huge open play positive. As yeah. well, at the is, right end. Which is yeah, ma- yeah. at the correct end. <laughs> yeah, the team were pretty disciplined after the red card, which is something at least. Which is they lovely kept as, their a, shape. as a statement in itself. Yeah. Very disciplined after the red card. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, 10 of them were disciplined yeah. for the whole it's game. A shame they didn't learn that after another red card four days ago. Yeah, you would think. And I mean, the Pepe's only just back from his suspension yeah. as well. Um, I mean, Rob Holding ushered Gineppo out very, very well towards the end of the game. It was like just little bits like that are good. This will sound ironic as well, but David Luiz returning is is a, a net good thing, I would say. It was a, it was a weird, weird old game. It's like Theo Walcott reminded us of what we were missing mm-hmm. while Nicholas Pepe reminded us of Theo Walcott, which is quite, yes. quite weird, but you know, such yeah. is Arsenal that we are a weird old complicated, like, mess um but yeah i mean they had to get a they had to get a point at least and it's it's such slim pickings that i'm feeling feeling pretty good about a point at home against southampton just you know with all respect to them i know they're having a good season but uh yeah it's at least some sort of like slowing of the rot if not a stopping of it <laughs> how did you feel about theo walcott celebrating i think it's fair enough you know it's, i love it, to see it. it yeah it's you know he's he's he plays you know he started his career at southampton he plays for southampton they play his wages he puts his body on the line for them he should be happy to score you know and he, he doesn't have to he doesn't have to show uh, you know him 
him being happy to score for Southampton isn't some sort of kick in the face to Arsenal, is it? You know, Ooh, just, isn't it? Ooh, I don't, do I don't you hear what he was saying so. behind your back? Yeah, did you not hear? <laughs> I no, I didn't actually. God, yeah. He drew, yeah, pic- Walcott, God, you really, drew pictures and everything. You should, yeah, I, I, you should I, look it up. If you heard that Theo Walcott was saying something <laughs> behind your back, you'd think... I, I just assume it was nice. He's a lovely young man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, let's talk about the positives for Arsenal then in that case, Jim. Um, oh, I've run out of them. Have you oh, got any more? <laughs> I thought that I, I've, like maybe... Vish, go on. You, you tell us some. <laughs> I might, you, to be fair, I might not find any, but like maybe it's because it's been so dour the last couple of months that the way Arsenal fought at the end of that and a lot of that was to do with Bayman Salanta did create a couple of chances and also they showed how hard it is to break a team down when they sit back and they have those banks in front of you and they really put value on what like what Liverpool are able to do and also what like Peak Man City were able to do in in terms of picking through those teams uh, but but I thought the way that Arsenal stuck at it at the end there because there was a decent amount of time with 10 men yeah mm. um I thought there was a lot to be to be gained from that. I think it would be easy to Arsenal felt like they're at the stage now where if they'd have lost yesterday, it'd probably you know be water off the ducks back to an extent. There'll be a bit more pressure on Arteta, but not that much pressure on the players because mm. there's already you know some serious questions being asked of them. Um, Bukayo Saka again is someone who I, I feel like just giving the armband to be honest. And I, and, <laughs> and I don't, I don't, I don't really mean that. But at the same time, he shows such responsibility on the pitch. Yeah, the way he beat those three players to set up—well, not set up, but you know when Inketia plays the ball around the corner to Aubameyang, someone who always wants the ball and he's such an engaging player. And I found it—I'm a little bit annoyed by it actually, but I can understand why. But the fact that Arteta indulges had indulged Pepe and does indulge Lacazette mm. and and Saka uh, suffers as a result of that is quite annoying. But that, yesterday's the Aubameyang goal was a great example of what happens when you put people near him and he yeah. can riff off of them. Absolutely. And also like Aubameyang is at his best when he's coming in from the left. But what you see now with certain players is they don't want to start like wide on the left. They just want to be on you know in the le- on the left part of the pitch, mm. so that they can make those little incisions inside and go on the outside. Maybe like the edge of the if you think of like the left corner of the box, that's ideal Aubameyang yeah, territory, absolutely. starting from that position, not any wider. Mm-hmm. And like when you had Saka on one side and then Ketia is a bit of a focus in the middle, it works really well. Yeah. Um. And so th- that that I think is that's a lot of positives there. I think. Yeah, I think Ketia deserves his start as well, and he, he does. You know, he did well. Um, He's top scorer, isn't he? I, I'm not All actually cops. sure. I think he is. I think yeah. He's, yeah. when he scored in the Europa League last week. Well, yeah, actually, that would make sense because we've yeah. not been scoring in the Premier League. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah. Um, he needs to play more, doesn't he? I think that's that's fair to say. And get here. Yeah. No, do you not do think? I mean, do you, do you reckon? I, I, feel do like you he, I feel like he should because, you know, Lacazette hasn't been doing the job he should be doing. And also, I think he's playing a little bit too deep and mm-hmm. it doesn't have the passing right. Yeah, it's a weird one because Lacazette has actually been playing he's been playing quite deep which is odd so you know he's not been as effective up front because he's essentially not been playing there so it's a little bit of a funny one because he started the season fairly well but I think we are seeing limitations to his game as well and also like I think there are fitness issues with Lacazette he doesn't, he, he doesn't complete games that often or he certainly hasn't at times but I think Nketiah's been scoring uh, in the Europa League and he's been doing everything you would you would ask of a player trying to break into a team and I think he's he certainly he does need to play more he's, he's at that point now where it's he he's knocking on the door and yeah, we need to let him in. <laughs> yeah, um, an interesting quote from Arteta um, ahead of the game. He said, "You have the right to hit me because I'm not winning. So my chest is here. Hit me, guys. Do you want to hit him? 
Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't, that's, I'm frightened of that. It's yeah, a little bit it's like... Odd. It's a bit, it's a bit aggressive, isn't it? Someone coming up to you and insisting that you hit them. <laughs> I don't want to hit you, Mikko. I just... I, to want to enjoy Arsenal. What's yeah. your, Stop trying what, to make me fight you. What's your sort of take on on Arteta at the moment then? How are you feeling towards him, particularly as the manager? I feel that now we've um, had a bit more time to see what his style is like, that he's very conservative and very, very cautious. And he's, he's he says a lot of about the process and trusting the process. Personally, I think... He is maybe trying to enact it a little bit too slowly. Now, I appreciate he's got a difficult job on his hands because I think there are a lot of dickheads in that dressing room. Mm. Um, and a, a great example of that is that after he said that Nicolas Pepe's uh, sending off was unacceptable after the game, apparently the dressing room were really annoyed with him for that. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, how can you find any fault in that? That like, was a good red card. What are you talking yeah, about? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, apparently they were annoyed that he kind of publicly criticised him, but he should be doing that. So... Clearly, there are some things that are still problematic behind the scenes that go deeper than than uh, the manager. But then at the same time, I suppose it's up to him to fix that. And I think, you know, it's it's a very, very difficult job. We all know that. We all know the Arsenal job is a tough one. There's a lot of stuff that needs fixing. It's comparable with Man United um, in that, you know, they're trying to replace a legacy. But in this case, the leg, you know, Alex Ferguson won the league in his last season. So... The, you know the, the the heights you're trying to scale aren't aren't as high effectively. Um, but yeah, so I think he needs to open the team up a bit. He needs to trust in the players a bit more creatively. Let them off the leash. Okay, right. News. <laughs> Big Sam is back. Sound the alarm. Oh yes. Oh yes. Big Sam is back in the Premier League. Uh, we sort of saw this one coming, despite the timing kind of being slightly odd after West Brom got a point in their game against Manchester City. There was all this talk about Slavin Bilic being rumoured to losing his job. That then got confirmed, and just a few hours later, Sam Allardyce appointed as the West Brom manager. Him and Sammy Lee are back. We sort of talked a little bit about this earlier when we were talking about Jose Mourinho welcoming him back to the Premier League. But um, yeah, he's he's back and I'm feeling slightly worried as a Brighton fan that yeah. um, he could probably manage to keep them up. And for then that for all of us at danger. that end of the table. Yes, Jim. <laughs> worrying, isn't it? Oh dear. I mean, yeah, he's back. Ah! Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? It's huge for West Brom to get uh, West Brom West Brom West Brom. West Brom, West Brom <laughs> he's, a, a... he's already merging with them. <laughs> They're already becoming one with him. <laughs> West <laughs> Big Brom. It's where but, he started his career, though. It as a is, manager. Yeah. yeah. Some of the photos from him of that oh, on that cool. era. The oh, tash, absolutely yeah. unbelievable. That tash. Unbelievable. But yeah, I mean, getting an ex England manager in is obviously a huge coup. Um, that's how we all remember <laughs> Big, Big Sam, I'm sure. Um, and like. How many last jobs is he going to take? Like, I'm kind of comforted by it as much as I fear it. It seems like a really pre-COVID thing. Big Sam coming in on a rescue mission. I thought, like, I thought it might be over now. I thought he might just like enjoy doing some punditry and like kind of just take it easy. But he can't resist the call, can he? No, he cannot he resist the call to action. Yeah, but you know, whenever anyone offers you that last pint of wine, you always say yes. <laughs> don't you? Speaking of pints of wine, uh, one of the listeners, Ben Markwell, pointed out that Big Sam's Wikipedia page actually briefly said Sam Allardyce is an English football manager and former professional footballer he's currently manager of West Bromwich Albion a large drink enthusiast he's noted for his love of pints of wine <laughs> that was <laughs> on his Wikipedia page it's all true I mean it's not it's not even hard to source that is it no <laughs> oh I love that I think he um, yeah obviously look I'm quite excited to see him back and I know we touched on it at the top of the show about him having an ally in Mourinho but yeah. He's the kind of manager who, if you think about like how 
we review or we look at like signings, new managers. It happened with Arteta. It happened with Lampard. It happened a little bit with Solskjaer at the beginning. Um, there's always that excitement of of the unknown because you think, oh right, they could they could do anything. Here. Yeah. The potential mm. is so great. You know, we could he could be like Guardiola at Barcelona. You know, legacy all that shit. Um, but with Allardyce, you know exactly what you're going to get. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's why people temper their excitement or they they you know talk down about it because they know a certain brand of football and, and they know fundamentally that he's going to give them a damn good chance of staying up. Yeah. As you said before, a better chance than they had before. Yeah. Um, and that's what they want. I don't know if it's what they need long term, but it's definitely what they want and it's what they're probably going to get. Absolutely. Um, you know, as you say, people do talk down about it, but you look at how gigantic the pyramid of football is. Like it's not, to be able to be a, a survival specialist is, is a pretty unique and amazing set of skills. Mm. Like, you know, he, he does he does deserve a lot more credit than he gets, I think, Allardyce. And I think, as we touched on earlier in the week, West Brom haven't been playing that badly. So I think... They've had some good performances, yeah. haven't they? And they have been quite unlucky with a few decisions. They Definitely. haven't... I think West Brom's problem from what I've watched of them this season so far is they don't tend to do it for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. they play well in spells or for like a half, but they don't seem to yeah. carry it through to the full 90. And that's where they'll get picked off by better teams, better quality. Yeah, and he'll drill that into them. And I think given the fact that they you know, they do have that quality in there and they haven't been playing that badly, if you add Big, Big Sam into the mix, then they're probably going to be fine. Big Sam. Can't wait for his first presser. Do you think he's going to have the um, the headset? <laughs> oh, I hope so. Oh, yeah, the headset. Because then the person who will be sat in the stand with the headset will have to be wearing a face mask. Oh, so they'll look even weirder. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. It's going to be interesting to see him back anyway. And his first game in charge is going to be at the Hawthorns at home against Aston Villa on Sunday. So that'll be definitely worth watching. Um, Right, uh, that's all from us today. Um, Tomorrow, Marcus, Luke and Andy are going to be back. They'll be reflecting on more football tonight, all live on Amazon. Aston Villa against Burnley, Sheffield United taking on Manchester United. Vish, nervous? Yeah, always, yeah. Although, I mean, they are They're desperate for a win, though. Yeah, well, so are we. We, we <laughs> want it as well. Uh, no, it, it should be good, actually. Should yeah, the Dean Henderson game. derby. Yeah, indeed. All right, uh, that's all from us. Uh, thank you, Vish. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Lovely to see your faces, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.